0: Hello and welcome to the hypochondriacs almanac podcast. am sorry for the delay in posting a new episode. I had a couple of medical procedures and I have not been able to record for a while, but I am back and ready to go. Before we get started, we need a couple little disclaimers. We're not doctors, nurses, or medical professionals of any kind on this show. So please do not take what we say as medical advice. If you have an issue, a problem, a concern, go see a doctor. Don't take what we say on the show as medical advice. All right. Enough said. The first one is Fish and Skin Cancer, Seafood Associated with Higher Melanoma Risk. This article was written by A. Pulowski. Does what you eat contribute to your risk of skin cancer? Seafood lovers may be concerned by new research that found eating more fish was associated with a higher risk of melanoma. It is one of the first studies to make that connection. Not many people are familiar with diet related to skin cancer, experts say. You never think about diets being related to skin cancer. Still, experts caution against changing how much fish people eat based on the findings, which simply showed a correlation, not causation. The major risk factors for melanoma remain the same. Ultraviolet light exposure having lots of moles and a family history of the disease. From the study published in Cancer Causes and Control, doctors and their colleagues examined the fish eating habits of 491,367 participants in the NIH AARP Diet and Health Study a large cohort of Americans, 50 to 71 years old, who described their diet in a questionnaire in the mid-1990s. After they were followed for over 15 years, the researchers looked at the diagnosis of melanoma, the deadliest form of skin cancer among the participants. When they were grouped by how much seafood they ate, it turned out the group that consumed the most fish had a 22% higher risk of malignant melanoma compared to the group that ate least fish, the study found, that may be due to contaminants in fish including arsenic and mercury, authors wrote, as well as a number of other contaminants. It's well established that arsenic is a skin carcinogen, doctors say. A previous study found higher blood mercury levels were associated with a higher prevalence of non-melanoma skin cancer. By this point, we really don't know which contaminant may be responsible. And the study was not designed in a way that we could evaluate which specific components of fish would be responsible for the association there should be more studies to address the topic they note dermatologists who were not involved in the new research called the study interesting but not game-changing as of yet the unique correlation would require much more study to even suggest eating more fish might cause the higher melanoma risk the investigators unfortunately did not account for many established risk factors like the number of moles hair color red hair being an important one, and the number of past burns or sun protective behaviors, which really impair our ability to interpret this data, say professors. Therefore, they would recommend caution in translating the data to one's diet. Doctors also advise people to stick with their current seafood menu. My recommendation would be don't change your fish intake habit now. People should really wait for more studies. The U.S. government recommends adults eat at least eight ounces of seafood per week. Regularly eating fish and seafood is associated with a lower risk of cardiovascular disease, according to the American Heart Association, which recommends eating two servings of it, particularly fatty fish, which is a good source of omega-3 fatty acids per week. But consuming large amounts of fish does increase a person's exposure to mercury, a naturally occurring metal that's toxic to living things. People can run into trouble when they hear fish is healthy and think they should eat as much of it as possible, Dietitians say. Fish with the highest mercury levels include king mackerel, shark, swordfish, and tuna. Seafood may not be the only dietary factor affecting the melanoma risk. Higher consumption of citrus fruits and alcohol have also been associated with increased risk in previous studies. Alcohol is the least surprising of all factors because it's related to a lot of different types of cancer, say the doctors. We'll stay tuned for more information on that one. Next article. 10 Harmless Nighttime Habits That Are Secretly Ruining Your Sleep. Stephanie Barnes wrote this one. Experts share the common nightly behaviors that could be the source of your exhaustion. We know the importance of habits, and many people try to cultivate good ones, like eating healthier, reading more, or getting more sleep. Unfortunately, sometimes we unintentionally set ourselves up for failure, especially as it relates to sleep. What we don't always realize is that some of the things we do before bed might actually be making our nighttime sleep worse. Experts say here is what we need to avoid. Number one, bedtime procrastination. We all have busy lives and sometimes we don't get to complete our to-do list during the daytime. In order to make up for this, we try to play catch up at night. This has increased during the COVID-19 pandemic and can lead to poor overall sleep quality, according to doctors. So many people will spend the last few minutes of the day catching up, not only on work duties, but also on household needs. For instance, the last 30 minutes before bedtime, people may write down lists of tasks they need to get done around the house, obligations they need to fulfill on behalf of their kids, or respond to work emails that they might have missed. This might feel like a version of winding down when actually it can instigate nighttime rumination and an arousal level about additional planning for the next day. In turn, this impacts sleep onset latency and worsens overall sleep quality. The second thing on this list is drinking alcohol before bed. We know reaching for your favorite boozy beverage might sound like the perfect way to unwind from a long day, but it might also be the reason you can't sleep. Chelsea Rorschwab, the sleep expert and neuroscientist at Wesper, an at-home tool for diagnosing sleep disorders and improving sleep, said while alcohol is initially sedating, it becomes problematic when it's metabolized and broken down into new chemicals by the liver. When alcohol is broken down, it turns into a chemical that affects the sleep centers of the brain and prevents deep sleep and REM sleep making the second half of your night more restless and causing frequent awakenings. Additionally, alcohol can cause increased urination, so you may frequently need to get up to use the bathroom. Doctors recommend having your last alcoholic drink at least three or four hours before you go to sleep. Number three, interacting with technology. Despite knowing we shouldn't, it's just so hard to resist reaching for a phone, an iPad, or a laptop while in bed. Doctors explain that screens are both bright with blue light and interactive, which is wake promoting. They ask patients to turn tech off at 10, ideally no screens one or two hours before bedtime. Reading is so much more conducive to good sleep than interacting with a smartphone until the last waking moment. Besides helping you get to sleep earlier, avoiding interactive or exciting stimuli before bed also works to deepen sleep throughout the night as your brain starts to slow down before sleep. This also includes watching TV in bed, say doctors. When we watch TV in bed, we train ourselves that the bed is a place for watching TV rather than a place reserved exclusively for sleep. In addition, watching TV at night can lead to binge watching, especially when watching Netflix shows that tend to autoplay a fresh episode as soon as one ends. This delays bedtime and leads to less time for sleep. Finally, if you can't avoid screens completely, the doctors recommend investing in a good pair of blue light glasses. If glasses aren't your style, there are also plenty of screen protectors or phone applications that block blue light. Then you can enjoy your favorite wind-down show and avoid any negative influences on your sleep. Before doom scrolling. The act of doom scrolling refers to constantly scrolling through bad news on social media. But before doom scrolling, people were watching hours and hours of TV news. Both doom scrolling and doom watching are harmful to your mental health, but they can also affect your sleep. Doctors say... Watching news updates two hours before bedtime is a big sleep stealer. Today's terrifying news cycles are a good example of a habit that can make falling asleep a lot harder. If we go directly from the intense emotional stimulation of a breaking news story and all the worries it triggers in your already overactive mind to lying down in bed and trying to sleep, we are likely to lie awake instead. So avoid that. And then evening workouts. It's generally recommended to avoid vigorous exercise at least 90 minutes before bedtime. While many people choose to have a late-night workout routine as a way to tire themselves out, these workouts can actually make for a night of restless sleep. Avoid workouts that make you break a sweat an hour before bedtime, doctors say. This could be cardio, heavy lifting, or high-intensity interval training. Instead, opt for workouts like Pilates, yoga, or an evening walk if you feel the need to expend some extra energy. Workouts focused on easing muscle tension can help you avoid aches and pains that may keep you awake in discomfort. Not having a wind-down routine. Getting good sleep requires a prelude, which means you need to create a wind-down and bedtime routine. Finding a relaxing routine will help the brain produce melatonin, eventually resulting in sleep. One might want to look into establishing the routine of going to bed around the same time every night. This can help establish the circadian rhythm, which is the body's sleep-wake cycle. Other soothing activities could include taking a warm bath, skincare, or reading a book, eating high-sugar foods. It's best to avoid foods that quickly spike your blood sugar levels before bed, doctors say. When your blood sugar is rapidly increased, it causes a blood sugar crash once it's deleted from your system. A blood sugar crash often leads to hypoglycemia, and this can wake you up in the middle of the night. If you need a snack before bed, reach for foods with a low glycemic index like oats, which will keep your blood sugar stable throughout the night. Sleeping with the temperature too warm. It may be tempting to crank up the heat or keep your AC off, but warm temperatures can be detrimental to your sleep quality. The brain and body need to undergo a slight temperature drop in order to initiate and maintain sleep. When we are too warm, our bodies have to work harder to cool us down and keep us cool. And this is very disruptive to sleep. Try to maintain your bedroom temperature between 66 and 70 degrees. And in the summer months, use fans, crack windows, or use cooling techniques like a cooling pad to reduce the chance of overheating, spending too much time in bed. The amount of time we allot for sleep should be similar to our average nightly sleep duration. This means that if you typically get about seven hours of sleep each night, it's best not to allot much more than seven and a half or eight hours in bed. Many people who struggle with sleep allot too much time for sleep as a way of trying to get more sleep. This sounds logical. After all, if you spend more time in bed, there is more opportunity for sleep. But spending more time in bed, if you're already struggling to get sleep, can be counterproductive. If you're already struggling with sleep, spending more time in bed will simply lead to more time awake in bed rather than more time asleep, the experts say. This leads to more tossing and turning during the night, more worry and stress and anxiety related to being awake in bed. Over time, this creates an association between the bed, worry, and wakefulness rather than sleep and relaxation, and this makes sleep more difficult. And finally, using your bedroom as an office. Doubling your bedroom as an office space could be contributing to your sleepless nights. When we use our bedroom as an office, we're creating an association with wakefulness. Our beds should be a cue for sleep, so working in our beds weakens this association. If you've been working from your bed all day, it could be harder for you to fall asleep since you might have trouble turning off your working brain. These are good and helpful things to try. Next article. A mom got pregnant while already pregnant and gave birth to two babies after multiple miscarriages. Jane Ridley wrote this article. After the pain of three recent miscarriages, Kara Winhold could barely bring herself to look at the sonogram, which showed that she was five weeks pregnant. But to her relief, everything seemed fine. She and her husband, Blake 33, cautiously started planning for the baby's birth in the fall of 2021. Then, to their surprise, a second ultrasound picked up two heartbeats a couple of weeks later. They were shocked. While it's not unusual for one twin to be discovered later than the other, Winold said that her doctor studied the scans and found that because of its noticeably smaller size, the second fetus was a week behind the first one. I didn't really understand what was happening, she told reporters. But since I had a tracker app to tell me when I was ovulating, I knew when the first one was conceived. Then Blake and I had sex the following week when we assumed my ovulation was over. As it turned out, the couple who already have a three-year-old son had gotten pregnant when they were already pregnant. The 31-year-old said their physician explained the medical term for the rare occurrence was called superfidiation. It appears when a second egg is fertilized by sperm several days or even weeks after the first implant in the uterus. It's like a miracle, Winhold said, saying that the three miscarriages she'd suffered had been very traumatic and she had needed therapy. Experts say that someone would have to ovulate twice during one menstrual cycle to create a second embryo at a later stage. They say the phenomena was not medically described. There have been less than 10 cases in the literature of superfidiation in humans, according to recent reports. Winhold's experience was a true superfidiation. It goes against what we know medically about getting pregnant spontaneously. The truth is, not all medical phenomena have logical explanations. Winhold, who said she was delighted to discover that she was having two more boys, was closely monitored during her pregnancy, which was considered high risk. It was mostly because of the miscarriages and having had preeclampsia with her first child, say experts. One complication occurred when the smallest and youngest twin was found to be growing at a slower rate than his brother, who appeared to be getting more nutrients. Winhold said the doctors believe the size difference was not only caused by the longer gestation period of the first baby, but also its placenta being healthier than the other. The babies were safely delivered October 25th, 2021, when Winhold went into premature labor and gave birth vaginally. The older boy named Colson weighed six pounds, five ounces, and his twin, called Caden, weighed four pounds, nine ounces. They spent 14 days in the NICU before being discharged around two weeks after Thanksgiving. Caden has remained a little smaller than Coulson, but is doing well. I consider them my rainbow babies, Winhold said, adding that their arrival had eased some of her pain from the miscarriages. She said she'd like to become pregnant again, this time with a girl, but she said she is convinced the superfidiation won't happen a second time. Wow, that's interesting stuff. Next article. Ear seeds may be your key to better sleep, less stress, and improved digestion. And TikTok loves them. Ellie Conley wrote this article. Ear seeds aren't just pretty gems, although you can definitely get some that look like cool piercings. Instead, ear seeds are non-invasive stickers and they're a form of acupressure that can help you sleep better, de-stress, and improve digestion, as well as many other things. Ear seeds are trendy right now, especially on TikTok where videos of them are getting millions of views. However, they're actually a part of a traditional Chinese medicine, which dates back thousands of years. Within TCM, ear seeds are a form of therapy that are based on the idea that the ear is a microsystem. The ear has dozens of acupressure points that stimulate other parts of the body to help with physical and mental healing, according to acupuncture specialists. Instead of using acupuncture needles, acupressure applies light pressure to specific acupoints on the body. Stimulating an acupoint, whether via acupuncture or acupressure with ear seeds, sends a message to the brain that alters brain chemistry and tells the body to react to achieve a desired result. The first time I tried any form of acupressure was on a cruise when I felt seasick. I picked up a pair of C-bands. They are tight-knit bracelets with a bead that applies pressure to the inside of the wrist. And yes, they really worked. That said, ear seeds can reportedly treat many conditions, including stress, anxiety, chronic pain, digestion issues, insomnia, substance abuse, and more. Most acupuncturists can apply them, but you can also apply your own ear seeds at home. I've been going to WTHN in NYC for acupuncture. After many sessions, I had ear seeds applied. At first, I thought they looked cool, but then I realized they actually help. Recently, before going on a long trip overseas, I picked up the ear seeds kit and applied my own while abroad. The ear seeds helped me get over my jet lag by promoting better sleep, improving digestion, and providing a little immunity support. Ear seed kit comes with a total of 40 ear seeds, 20 with pretty crystals, and 20 with gold plated stainless steel. A set of gold tweezers for applying and a helpful guide were also included. Once they're on, you can leave them on for three to five days and reapply weekly. You can get these online if you just do a Google search from and it seems as though it's worth a shot, right? Next article, a doctor went viral on TikTok for an instant tip to calm down when stressed. And Jade Biggs wrote this article. A doctor has gone viral on TikTok for his unique tool for calmness, which he promises to provide instant relief if you're having a moment of stress. Do this now to instantly calm down and improve your resilience to stress, says this doctor, who is known for his informative videos on all things health, like this viral video on his best way to improve your sleep, which told his 4.6 million TikTok viewers to try humming for 10 seconds or gargling water in your throat, or just singing. Dr. Karan Raj continued, When you do any of these things, you're activating the muscles of the back of the throat and the vocal cords, which are connected to the vagus nerve. Doing this will allow you to access a parasympathetic state more easily, which will make you feel relaxed. Raj also points out that a bonus benefit of this technique is that it increases your heart variability, which means your body is more capable of adapting to stressful situations. His tip resonated strongly with fellow TikTokers, with plenty heading to the comments section to praise the doctor. Tricks like this and breathing techniques have been a blessing for my anxiety, say, users, others comment, anyone else humming right now? So there you have it. Next time you're having a mid-morning meltdown over missing your train, try humming to yourself. It's worth remembering that as helpful as this tip may be for some people, it may not work for everyone, particularly those with severe anxiety or stress. With that in mind, if anxiety or stress is getting in the way of your daily life, it's important to speak to your doctor who can advise you of the treatments available, which may include therapy like cognitive behavioral therapy or joint peer-to-peer support groups. Interesting stuff. Next article. A new study estimates almost 15% of people worldwide have Lyme disease. Side effects can include life-threatening heart inflammation and arthritis. Dr. Katherine Schuster-Bruce wrote this article. Scientists in a new study estimate that almost 15% of the world's population have had Lyme disease, a tick-borne condition that can cause debilitating complications if symptoms aren't recognized and treated. Lyme disease can be misdiagnosed because initial symptoms are flu-like and blood tests aren't always reliable, particularly early in the illness. A common misconception is that the disease can be distinguished by a bullseye rash. About a quarter of people don't get any skin lesions at all. Writing in BMJ Global Health on Monday, researchers from China estimated that 14.5% of the world's population, had caught the illness. The team analyzed 89 studies on Lyme disease that included blood tests of more than 158,000 people. The condition seems to be growing in prevalence, the researchers said. In the U.S., confirmed Lyme disease cases increased by 44% from 1999 to 2019, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The authors said the results were preliminary and warranted further studies. Early symptoms of Lyme disease include fever, severe tiredness, headache, muscle and joint aches, and swollen lymph nodes. Most people with a rash caused by Lyme disease will get a uniformly red or blue lesion that expands to about 2 inches in size. About 20% of Lyme disease lesions have a bullseye appearance. Doctors can use a rash to diagnose the condition without a blood test. Lyme disease is spread by infected ticks and they can attach to any part of the body to transmit Lyme disease causing bacteria that are often found in the groin, armpits, and scalp. In the northeastern and mid-Atlantic, as well as north-central U.S., the black-legged tick, also known as the deer tick, spreads the bacteria while the western black-legged tick spreads it on the west coast. Not all tick bites will transmit the Lyme disease causing bacteria and uninfected. Infected tick bites and other insect or spider bites won't expand. If the bite becomes infected and is left untreated, or if treatment is unsuccessful, the bacteria can travel through the bloodstream and cause a similar rash in other parts of the body. It can also trigger what is known as disseminated Lyme disease. At this point, disabling complications can include life-threatening heart inflammation called carditis, cognitive impairment, a facial droop, meningitis, swollen knees, and arthritis. A two-part blood test that detects disease-fighting antibodies against the bacteria is used to diagnose the condition at this stage. A negative test doesn't rule it out, though, and in some cases, Lyme disease may never turn positive. According to the CDC, early diagnosis and treatment with antibiotics can help prevent the late stages of Lyme disease. Wow. Be cautious, people. And look for those tick bites or ticks on your clothing and body after you go out into the outdoors. Next article, Chinese doctors removed 24-pound stomach tumor from a woman who complained of constant weight gain. And Rebecca Moon wrote this article, doctors discovered a 25-pound tumor growing in a Chinese woman's stomach after she complained of incessant weight gain and an expanding stomach. The woman, surnamed Lin, from the Yangtze province in eastern China, sought medical attention after continuously gaining weight despite strenuous exercise and being slim her entire life. I thought I gained weight, so I went to exercise to get rid of the fat, she told reporters. After going to the hospital, she discovered she had a large tumor growing in her stomach. It had grown to about 18.1 inches. The tumor was removed in June. Although the tumor was benign, doctors stated that if it was not removed in time, it could have caused further damage as it had put pressure on her organs and potentially spread to other parts of her body. Users on Chinese social media shared similar experiences. One said they gained weight due to constipation and another claimed theirs was due to a cyst. Users also expressed fear and anxiety with one commenting that they feel as if they have problems all over their body. It seems that sudden weight gain or loss should be taken very seriously, another user wrote. Wow, that is pretty scary. And the final article for the day. Drinking sugary drinks like soda, even just one a day, is linked to higher risks of liver cancer, a new study suggests. And Gary Landsverk wrote this article. Drinking at least one sugary beverage a day may be linked to significant higher risks of liver cancer, according to research presented at the annual meeting of the American Society for Nutrition. Researchers from multiple institutions, including Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, looked at data from 90,504 postmenopausal women aged 50 to 79 over nearly 19 years of follow up. They wanted to see if there was a pattern between consuming sugary drinks like soda and fruit drinks and liver cancer risk. They found that women who consumed at least one sweetened drink per day were 73% more likely to develop liver cancer than women who had three or fewer sweet drinks a month. Women who drank one or more sweet beverages daily had a 78% higher risk. Liver cancer is the sixth most commonly diagnosed form of cancer worldwide, according to the World Cancer Research Fund International. And both cases related to deaths are on the rise in the U.S., according to the American Cancer Society. Prior to the study, evidence suggests other beverage habits can affect liver cancer, like drinking alcohol which was linked to a higher risk, as well as coffee, which was linked to a lower risk. The study findings suggest that cutting back on sugary drinks may help reduce the risk of liver cancer. If more research confirms the link, according to the experts, replacing sugary sweetened beverages with water and non-sugar sweetened coffee or tea could significantly lower cancer risks, say the experts. The researchers have hypothesized that sweet beverages would increase liver cancer risk because of the side effects of sugar. Eating too much sugar can make people less sensitive to insulin, the hormone that manages blood sugar. High sugar intake can also drive weight gain, increasing the risk of fat developing around the liver. Both factors can be detrimental to liver health and have been strongly linked to cancer risk, according to researchers. More research is needed to better understand the link between sugary drinks and liver cancer. The study is limited in that it is observational, noting a link between liver cancer and sugar beverages, and not directly showing that sweet drinks cause cancer. And it's not clear if the link might be true for other populations like men and younger women, researchers wrote. Since some evidence suggests that people are either maintaining their sugary drink habits or increasing their consumption, understanding the risk could help people make healthier decisions about their daily beverage choices, say the experts. So be careful about those sugary beverages. In the meantime, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about today's show, you can shoot us an email. We're at podcast at gmail.com. We do occasionally post pictures on Instagram at podcast.addict. Please join us next episode when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild medical cases. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye!